0: Welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast with your
1: hosts, Andy, Don, and Dude. We're going off the rails on a crazy train. It's the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude. I got Andy and Don with me. Andy, how's it going on this fine, fine day?
2: It's going pretty well, buddy. Um, you know uh, what my favorite kind of metal shredding is?
1: I don't really care, but <laughs> please share anyway. Come on. <laughs> I mean, yes.
2: Please uh, It involves a cheese and a cheese grater and a quesadilla
0: <laughs> nice.
2: Thank you. Mm. Thank you.
1: Thank you <laughs> Don, how's the life of uh, an academic? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <you> know, I, <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> <laughs> Oh, never mind yeah, you, You've, you've proven that higher education is a sham
0: <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good Ready to, ready to shred? Shredder It's Shredder! Remember the guy from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Of course.
1: All right, so this is the Album Nerds podcast. We love albums and the album format, and talking about them just brings us such joy. Today we're going to be... focusing on some heavy metal shredders on today's show we're going to be going over our listening week what albums were we combing through to make this important decision then we'll go over our individual album selections we're going to answer a question loosely related to today's topic and then we're going to find out what we're going to talk about on the next episode But this week let's get shredding
0: excellent that's what i'm talking about Heavy metal guitar style is rooted in 1960s era blues rock and psychedelic rock. Metal guitar playing uses a massive sound characterized by highly amplified distortion, extended guitar solos, and overall loudness. The electric guitar and the sonic power that it projects through amplification has historically been the key element in heavy metal. Heavy metal bands often have two electric guitarists, with one guitarist playing rhythm and the other playing lead guitar. Today, each of us will present an album featuring a great heavy metal shredder. How did we fare, gentlemen, listening-wise? Find a lot of good
1: stuff? Discuss.
2: Uh Yeah, I mean, I was trying to focus more on some later albums, but I did go back a little bit into the 90s, Pantera, Annihilator, Dream Theater, um, but then some later stuff, Dillinger Escape Plan, Liturgy, mm-hmm. Gorguts. All, <laughs> <gore laughs> all pretty extreme stuff, I tend to uh, gravitate more towards the sort of tech and death metal right. side of things. Yes, you do. My personal flavor. <laughs> I, know, I know you guys love it so much.
1: I think we're just a, just older enough than you that whatever it is in people when they get old that makes them hate that noise. What is that noise? That 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 is there. What do yes. you wanna yes. do with your <laughs> life? And vice versa yeah. too. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we're talking about classics, and you're like, oh, the '80s production is so. It's like oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I would have loved to have gone with Metallica, but we've talked a lot about them. The shreddiness is is quite choice. It is so choice. Van Halen 1, not quite metal, but in that area. And, uh, you know, Eruption, that song, Alone, would have been good for discussion. Megadeth would have been fun, but we just did them. And I tried to go more modern. I looked at Trivium. I think it was a Sudden-it-sy. Power Trip, Nightmare Logic from 2017. But I also did try to focus on the classic, like, heavy metal shred- Red guitarists like Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, Ingve Malmsteen. The albums, although super interesting. Shred wise didn't have a lot going on.
0: I mean, they they had like guest vocalists and stuff, but it wasn't wrought for nice conversation. I tried to look at something somewhat modern. Uh, I checked out uh, Avenged Sevenfold, who I, I've never spent a, a lot of time with, but their guitarist Sinister Gates was pretty good. I, I listened to that City of Evil album, which I, I didn't hate. Went back to Pandera. Uh, Pandera. <laughs> 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 went the Bread special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> went to <laughs> I went back to. The, <laughs> That sounds good. <laughs> I went back to Pantera and uh, Dimebag Daryl, that vulgar display of power is a yeah. good album. Uh, and then um, I actually thought about doing Richie Blackmore, yeah. a, a Deep Purple album, uh, Machine Head. But I, I think similar to Van Halen, I wasn't sure if it really was metal. I mean, it's the it it's, predates metal. It's or, metal's dad for sure, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I picked, uh, I, I think I made a pretty obvious choice. Yes, you did. But it was the right choice all
1: right so uh speaking of choices
2: you choo choo choose me anything to tell the fans right up right now about how you feel chuck I'm only in it for the money. Yeah, I'm only in it for the money too, Chuck. <laughs> yes,
1: I'm. Sh- I'm sure that the uh, the dollars were pouring in for this band.
2: <laughs> My metal shredding album. We're talking about the artist Death. Fourth studio album, Human, this came out back in October of 1991. Their debut record, Scream Bloody Gore, <laughs> is considered mm, the first yeah. death one of the among the first death metal records. It came out a, a few years prior. Yeah, um, I,
1: actually, um, uh, my wedding song is on that album that we, we danced to. Oh, yes.
2: A common choice for, for wedding reception. So. Well, I have a microphone and you
0: don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Uh,
2: <laughs> this album, their fourth studio album, uh, marked a shift towards a more progressive, technical death metal sound. We are going to play, I believe this was the lead single, maybe the only single. <laughs> <sighs>
1: <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> there were any singles. Yeah,
2: I, know. I was, There's actually a music video for this. Uh, believe it or not, played on MTV. Uh, the track is called "Lack of Comprehension." Beautiful, isn't that just gorgeous? Yeah. <laughs>
1: he sounds like a hmm. walker from The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, they are called Death. So I mean, well, that is Chuck Schnulder, I believe is how he says his name. Put
1: your head on my schnulder. <laughs> <laughs> he is the founding and
2: only consistent member through Death's many, varying lineups over their decade or so they were active. Uh, he's also the vocalist and contributes guitars to the mix here as well. He's also like the main creative force behind the band. The three words I use to describe this album are. Death is complicated. I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of like sort of this progressive or tech or extreme metals kind of subgenres that have developed, you know, from like this like, early period in the '90s uh, through today. This is one of, like a pretty interesting record where you kind of hear like this progression actually happening kind of in real time between more straightforward like death metal kind of sound which is you know very yeah. heavy and guttural into this a little bit more expansive and more intricate uh compositions that they have on this in these tracks here a lot of that comes down to the the twin guitar attack um, which a lot of these bands we are talking about today kind of have this this yeah. style where you have like a lead guitar and then a rhythm guitar and then bass and drums kind of doing a lot of the work on the low end but yeah there's some really interesting shifts not only to the pace, but also just sonically throughout these these, these tracks here as you go along. Um, some kind of catchy riffs at times. Occasional melody here or there creeps in. Yeah, I was really impressed. I was, I'm new to this band. I wasn't really too familiar with I'm new the name, but I didn't really know a lot of their material. And I found a couple other albums pretty uh, enjoyable. And this one I thought was particularly interesting. Why don't we play another cut from the record? This is a little bit of Cosmic Seed.
0: That makes me want to play some Guitar Hero. (laughs) <laughs> are, there, ha, there has to death had to be on there right uh, I'm sure uh, right. probably yeah, they, yeah. they had their own edition just like uh, Metallica like a, and Slash <laughs> yeah so that track there um, you know is is instrumental which I, I enjoy I guess it g- gives you a break from from some of that death vocal uh, delivery but I, I, I like that track a lot not only just you know because of the, the constant shredding but you know it is a, a bit adventurous you know it's kind of all over the place I do like metal that you know kind of explores and, and gets a, a a little progressive uh the the three words I, I chose uh to describe the album are just give me death i mean i'm not the biggest metal head uh, in the world although i've been uh, warming up to it uh, over the years uh and death metal will probably be you know among the last things to really yeah. you know, creep into my uh <laughs> yeah. uh you know whatever but um but yeah you know i i actually i found myself doing a lot of headbanging to this and kind of getting lost in it I guess you know death metal and and thrash metal. It just it's very hypnotic, and I enjoy that. I think it's about time
1: that you grow out your hair and get a denim vest with uh, some patches of these bands that you've learned to love.
2: It's <laughs> a good idea. It's idea. New a yeah, I think yeah. you
1: you didn't get to do it as a teenager. I think this is, I this is your time. Out. Strut around the hallways of that that college you teach at and show
0: off your flair. Yeah, it's such a shame because I lived like through the peak of, of I know, that, me you too, know, man. and I totally yeah. missed out on that opportunity. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the guitar is really uh, amazing. And it, you know, I don't, I mean, I couldn't pick out which guitarist was which, uh, but the, the guitar work is is, is fantastic. Face melting guitar solos. <laughs> Maybe another reason, uh, you know, I didn't find the record too off-putting is just the, the length of it. You know, I think thirty-four minutes is like the That's right perfect. amount of time for uh, <laughs> for for death metal. Um,
2: yeah, and I guess definitely get too much of it for sure. And
0: I, I do. Th- I mean, there's a little more versatility to the to the guy's voice than than some other death metal that that I've heard. But yeah, overall, you know, I, I think it's a it's a solid uh, solid album. You know, I enjoyed the experience, and it certainly, you know, I mean, if we're celebrating uh, metal shredders, this
2: this is a good album for it. Yeah, I would say Chuck has, you know, he almost sings at a couple points on this record though I wouldn't say he has a great uh, singing voice. Lyrically, though, I think he gets into some interesting places on this record and dealing with you know dark topics like euthanasia, loneliness. Uh, there's some science fiction themes that come up.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm also concerned about the young people of Asia, but
2: you know, there's
1: kids everywhere that need help. What? Yes,
2: good, good to think of the kids everywhere, not just, yeah, uh-huh. not just Asia. Yes. Yep, that's right. Good. good point. All children matter.
1: <laughs> I believe the children are our future. To be honest, but we don't need to get into that.
2: Yeah, I mean if. We learned anything from last episode all right why don't we play one of those cuts that has a a fairly memorable uh, refrain on it i would say this is a little bit of secret face
1: i love the way that track opens it's the right kind of riffage and then I don't, like you know, we've talked about the vocals, that's usually not my style for it to be constant barking, but it works really well with the playfulness of the riffs. So the song reflects on uh, people wearing masks, hiding their true intentions, uh, often for personal gain, manipulation, kind of don't trust anyone was kind of what I got from it. Uh, Pretty typical lyrical theme in this genre, but delivered in a way that forces you to consider the ugliness of humanity. And uh, I think it's once in a while, it's important to think about that, the people that are in your lives and no, don't get paranoid. But what do they want? You know? <laughs> That's the real motivation. Yeah, I mean, what are you guys really doing talking to me about albums? Obviously, it's to ride my coattails and become hugely famous in the podcast world. <laughs> it's a
2: very long plan. <laughs> long yes, it, it, plan.
1: it's the long graft here. Um, <laughs> to describe this uh, this album in three words, I went with zombie death metal or Slipknot's dads, it, I didn't see this band listed in Slipknot's list of influences, but it definitely has that oh, yeah. feel to it, that vibe, some of the vocal delivery, uh, the way they interplay between the guitars and the barking vocals. And I did I did consider Slipknot for, for this mm. as well, but the albums are so dang long <laughs> that yeah. I just didn't have time to dig in. Uh, but it's a drum and guitar assault like Slayer, but with less structure. Like it, it, it was Slayer-esque to me in its themes and the delivery. But it was—I uh, don't know—it's hard to say Slayer is c- clean sounding, but Slayer is much cleaner sounding than this is. anyway. Yeah, you're right. So that that's uh, what I came away with from from this experience. I hadn't listened to this particular album. It's raw, but as you said, it's also polished in in the places that matter.
2: Yeah, it is. It's a very raw sounding record. Very kind of brutal is so where I kept coming back to. There's not a lot of like studio wizardry or effects, or I don't think they even use any pedals on the guitars. From what I read, there's a little bit of reverb sometimes, um, but pretty straightforward for for you know this period. A lot of access in the, in the 80s and 90s. Uh, not too much here. Well, it
1: has a, a, there's a punk aesthetic to it
2: as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, well, definitely uh, an influential record, and I think it holds up pretty well um, by today's standards. Um, so if you're familiar with Death and their record Human, definitely worth a listen.
0: I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. If you enjoy the show... Oh, excuse me. <laughs>
1: If you're enjoying the show, and we hope you are, do us a solid and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Maybe we made you laugh or you discovered an album you enjoy. Leaving a review keeps the show going and helps other music fans find us.
2: I'm fucking zoned. I ain't got way of army glasses. Play any fucking thing. So I have a solo, and he played his fucking solo, and
0: I was like... "This <laughs> in school, kids. Okay, well, my... Uh, uh, My pick for a heavy metal shredder is uh, a fellow named Randy Rhodes, born Randall William Rhodes in Santa Monica, California, in 1956. Uh, He is best known for playing with uh, Mr. Ozzy Osbourne, Uh, and so the the album I'm presenting today is Ozzy's uh, solo debut, Blizzard of Oz. Uh, So here's the the famous cut, Crazy Train. today you know i mean that guitar you know might not stand out but i you know but i think I, I, at the time you know it was it was pretty innovative uh and, and pretty uh impressive uh, of course you know crazy train is a is a stadium anthem you know if you ever uh, yeah. attend a, a sporting event but the, the lyrics actually deal with um the the cold war and the the fear of uh, uh, annihilation really yeah
1: wow i always just assumed it was about ozzy being crazy i did too
2: yeah true <laughs> I'm impressed at the depth.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, Ozzy got uh, Ozzy had a lot of help with lyrics though, right? Just writing them out. You mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that was uncalled for. <laughs> he had one of those like Fisher Price devices where you push. The <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I believe the, the you know the other band members uh, you know contributed to, to lyric writing. I think a lot of the Sabbath lyrics were done by uh, what's his – the bass player there? Is it G- uh, Geezer? Geezer, Yep. Geezer Butler. So uh, the, the three words I, I chose to describe this album, Blizzard of Oz, uh, released in, in September 1980, uh, is reigniting the flame. Right. So this is uh, again you know, Ozzy Osbourne's debut solo album. Uh, I think his approach uh, with with Sabbath, uh, you know, eventually got stale. And it just wasn't wasn't working in, in the end. But so then he you know he assembles this this new band, you know, and they're all I guess contributing to the songwriting. Uh, but of course you know Randy Rhodes I, I think is is maybe the most vital part of that. And you know Ozzy just sounds like a, a a new person here. You know, so it it is like you're recapturing that magic from from early Sabbath. Yeah, it's you know he sounds vibrant. He sounds uh, I don't know. I mean he's he is like the Prince of Darkness, and it's uh, <laughs> it, it's back. I mean, overall, it's a it's a great album. I, I think. I mean, there's so many good moments on it. It's maybe not the most consistent album, but really, uh, you know, I I, I think you, it's Randy Rhodes is the is the star of the is the star of the show. You know, growing up during that period, he was
1: the like this was metal, this was evil. This, but it's so tame oh, sounding yeah. by yeah. today's standards. It's funny how things like that change, where it just yeah. seems so PG. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Yeah. and at the time it was
0: like the fruits of the devil you know <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah yeah quite melodic you know compa- especially you know compared to the last record we uh, we just talked about yeah um, okay well let's uh let's hear another cut from the album uh this is the infamous suicide solution
2: Wine was fine, I'm-
1: All right, so that song was uh, famously known for a few things. I think it's part of what spawned the 80s satanic panic in the music world, as well as the uh, the lawsuit filed against Ozzy Osbourne and CBS Records by the parents of John Daniel McCollum. This was in November of 85. This was a 19-year-old that tragically took his own life in 1984, and the his parents alleged that their son's suicide was linked to listening to the song. Um, that was a big deal at the time. I mean, him, you know, Ozzy eating, biting the bat's head off, and yeah. and the bad behavior, peeing on the Alamo, um, <laughs> this controversy the back masking talk that there was stuff in the songs and then in the lyrics you know there's like get the plans out satan 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 like i think playing to the evil thing just like in black sabbaths but i don't think it's really connected i think it was more of a theatrical thing um, but essentially the lawsuit went away it didn't establish a direct connection but it helped Aussie sell records, which I think is the opposite of what those people
2: probably were looking to do. <laughs> yeah, drew more attention to it, yeah. unfortunately.
1: So the three words I used to describe the album are Prince of... Darkness—that's <laughs> that—that's one of the things he used to be referenced as. And God, as a kid, so many discussions about like people who were into Ozzy probably were devil worshipers. Like, and I, I remember once uh, in eighth grade, I think me and this kid were having an argument about who would win in a fight: Ozzy Osborne or LL Cool J. Obviously, it's <laughs> LL Cool J,
0: but. <laughs> that was my side of the argument oh my Um, gosh
2: i'd love to see that fight
0: (laughs) (laughs) well ozzy had the powers of evil on his side right that's (laughs) true uh So Randy Rhodes carried this
1: project and managed to not only create his own sound, but he wove in enough of the Sabbathiness mm. to make it work for Ozzy. I mean, Ozzy's a, vocally a one-trick pony; he does the one thing, and he needs a good band around him to support that and elevate it. And they all did a great job of doing that as a unit. And you know, his, his early solo records are great, but they sound like mo- you know modern
0: by 1980 standards, modern Black Sabbath records.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a really good point.
0: Um, I was surprised to find out that Randy Rhodes is not related to Nick Rhodes of Duran Duran. Yes, yeah, so it's shocking. <laughs> 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 All right, well let's uh, let's hear another cut. Uh, this is Mr. Crowley.
2: Uh, yeah, I think Ozzy really at his best when he is feeding that sort of dark, satanic persona. Even though it seems like he had no real background in the occult or anything. Yeah, my words for this album are anxiously clicking my heels together. <laughs> did not, <laughs> did not enjoy my time in the Blizzard of Oz.
1: Oh, uh, I get it now.
2: Now it's my ruby red slippers. Getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, there are definitely some some classics on this album, and we've played most of them. And I think that is in large part due to the excellent guitar work, which I think is, you know, a great pick down, and it really does hold the album together here. I think it's as integral as as like Eddie's guitar and Van Halen. I like guess yeah. it's, it's the sound here to come for. Unfortunately, I just cannot get down with what Ozzy's doing on the majority of this record. I think the tracks where the guitar Takes a step back, uh, such as Goodbye to Romance or Revelation Mother Earth, where Ozzy kind of takes over.
1: Goodbye to Romance. Like, wow, you sound like you're
2: really into this, Oz. <laughs> yeah. yeah, emo Ozzy. He was zonked. <laughs> <laughs> zonked. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was zonked to start listening to those tracks personally. <laughs> yeah but i don't know the where it where where the moments it works on here like the opening i don't know how crazy train it works really well it's a great formula other than that there's not a lot here for me to really latch on to but you know i don't know azzy was like one of my probably my first metal artists that i really got into growing up i used to really jam out to a lot of these songs but coming back to them now it just it just sounds silly to me i don't know The Ozman goeth.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, so I also wanted to mention that Randy Rhodes was a, uh, a founding member of Quiet Riot. Um, of course, he he left Quiet Riot, um, you know, to to join Ozzy's band, and that was before Quiet Riot really, uh, you know, hit the hit the big time. Uh, and then, you know, he only made one more album uh, with Ozzy, and then, uh, you know, his his life tragically ended early. Uh, but anyway. So if you want to enjoy the, you know, the amazing guitar work of Randy Rhodes, you can check out Blizzard of Oz, Ozzy Osbourne's debut solo record from September 1980. (laughs) Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. And now it's time for Deep Questions by Don. So, guitar shredding is an integral part of metal. Of course, there are other famous elements associated with the genre. What other aspects of metal culture
2: do you guys appreciate? I think the thing that I liked most about it growing up, or even today, resonates with me the most, is just kind of like the sort of outsiderness of it, kind of like... Mm-hmm you know, separating yourself from, like, the mainstream and kind of being a little bit off the beaten path, as I feel like most metal fans are kind of looked at strangely, (laughs) generally. It's kind of like goth in a way. It's kind of tangentially related. So, I mean, I like that. I've always felt like a little bit of an outsider. I also appreciate that they, you know, like we talked about Ozzy kind of having, like, this sort of satanistic or devil worship side of him. I always found that just interesting and kind of goofy in a way, like, you know, just kind of poking fun at religion in, in sort of a backhanded sort of way. I, I guess I appreciate that uh, sort of lack of self-seriousness in the music. So, yeah, I mean, plus headbanging is, is kind of fun. Sure. Not as much fun in my 40s as I it used to be. It, Yeah, it's, it's a young man's game. It's a little <laughs> dangerous at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> So I grew up in the era where at kind of the height of metal as a cultural phenomenon, and I was always kind of jealous of the metal kids because they had a community. Like if mm. y- all you had to do was wear your a t shirt or your jacket with some flair on it, and you knew who that guy was in your tribe, you know. And us preppy kids or whatever, we don't really have that. I mean, you know a A popped collar and uh, and a swooshy haircut was pretty much all we had.
2: (laughs) Metal has great iconography, I would say. Like all the logos look look so badass, and like you can recognize them right away. It's being metal.
1: It's really theatrical. I mean, especially during that era, the hair, of course, was is cool. I I was never able to pull that off, but uh, yeah, I mean that it's that fantasy world and all of that fun stuff. It's just so open to to just shred on a guitar and it can be about real life. It can be about dragons. It can be about devils, ghosts, whatever. And, and it's just a, a really cool world. And, and that's what's fun to me about metal is it's just wide open to
0: letting your imagination go wild. I just picture all of the the sketches on notebooks and stuff yeah. that my metalhead friends would, yeah. be, would be drawing. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, all of us, seem to be talking about the the fans uh, a, a yeah, li- and I guess what I admire about what we 'll call the metalheads is just the the passion, like I get excited even though i 'm not a metalhead myself, like I can always have like a serious music conversation with metalheads because they 're just like so into it, their knowledge isn 't always you know very wide, um, but they know a lot about the that genre, and I think you know as I get older, people go to fewer and fewer shows and stuff like that. I think the people my age and older who are still going to shows religiously, they're all metalheads. So yeah. there's just something about that genre that just in, invokes a, a lot of passion, which, which I admire. Okay. Well, what do you like about metalheads? Let us know. Join us uh, on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and threads. Also on Discord, com slash Discord.
2: I got that anthrax and it's the bomb, baby.
0: So... <laughs> Was that Dave
2: Chappelle? Yes.
1: So yeah, I went with another kind of, I think we're all hovering in the 80s here. I went with the band Anthrax and their third studio album among the living. The album is considered one of Anthrax's most iconic and influential releases. It's uh, kind of a classic now in the thrash genre lots of great tracks we'll we'll talk about those uh, the lyrics are inspired by various works of literature, pop culture and the uh, the cast of characters here is Joey Belladonna on lead vocals, Dan Spitz on lead guitar, Scott Ian on rhythm guitar, backing vocals Frank Bello on bass and Charlie Benante on drums. All right, so why don't we get into it with the title track Among the Living. So that was a little bit of Dan Spitz. Since we're covering the Shredders, I figured we should listen to a little bit of his guitar work. I could swallow that all day. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Wow! Oh wow! The worst part is I feel like you've
0: been holding on to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't have that, but I, I wanted to get Swallow in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. So uh, the song Among the Living was inspired by Stephen King's novel, The Stand, particularly the character Randall Flagg. The lyrics describe uh, the character's actions throughout the book. It mentions Captain Trips. That was the virus in the, in the book. And, uh, lines like divided they can't stand it's just I just love that I love that there was this this goofy thrashy band uh, with its contemporaries Metallica and Megadeth and Slayer and all that that just had their own personalities uh, the three words I used to describe the album are uh, heavy metal hooligans there's a punk sensibility comic book references sci-fi American history Lyrically, unlike their contemporaries. I mean, Metallica got a little bit into, like, Call of Cthulhu and all that stuff. Cthulhu. Uh, whatever. And Slayer, of course, all devil and whatnot. But they're there's just these New York City kids that came up in the 70s, and it feels tough. All that chorus-gelling stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hip-hop-ish, in yeah. a way. <laughs> the way that the, those back-and-forth deliveries which, which kind of plays along with them uh, collaborating with Public Enemy. Yeah, just cool. So I, a little bit about Dan Spitz, the lead guitarist here, recognized for his technical proficiency, taught himself to play. Uh, very intricate lead guitar work. Um, but then that that really aggressive rhythm guitar of Scott Ian, they play off of each other. And Scott Ian's kind of the character of the band, writes a lot of the lyrics and plays the rhythm guitar. But together, I think that they worked really well. And Scott Ian is credited with creating that chugging, palm-muted guitar style that became a signature element of thrash metal. So, um, yeah, I think they really played off of each other well to make this a, a thrashy, shreddy affair with a lot of fun lyrics and songs to, to enjoy. So why don't we get into the next track? It's Medley, ADI, Horror of It All.
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed that track in particular. The second half is about the death of Metallica bassist Cliff Burton, who was killed while the bands were on tour together, I believe that was in Europe, uh, a year Mm -hmm. or two prior. Three words I used to describe this album are shred the lyrics. I really did enjoy the instrumental portions of this record quite a bit. I think that's why I like that medley track specifically. It
0: should be a metley. Uh, A metley, like metal? Metal. Metley.
2: (laughs) Clever. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I I think the the riffs are great. You know, everything is like super loud. It kind of has like a grimy sort of like punk rock edge to this to the band, which I guess is kind of similar, you know, common in Thrash metal. Um, Yeah, I think they're at their best when they're going as fast as humanly possible, which um, you know, they do get some pretty good speeds up on this record. Yeah, they're tight. The low end is also really good in addition to the guitars. like I think the the drums are are pretty great. But the big stumbling block for me was the lyrics, man. I feel like they were super overly simplistic and kind of cringy. It's
1: metal, dude. I mean, the fact that it's about anything
2: is You can can still be poetic or, you know, a little bit of a Great. And,
1: uh, I think they're awesome. I love the lyrics. I love, I love yeah. the way they're written and delivered. It's
2: cry, cry, cry
1: for the Indians. Yeah, terrible things happen to the Indians, Andy. So shedding a shedding a tear might be appropriate. I'm just saying.
2: I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that, but maybe think of uh, some other words besides cry, cry, cry. What
0: if What if he did Craw, craw, craw
2: <laughs> Yeah, would that be better? Oh, come up <laughs> with some other Is words it because of because of Joey's wailing. Uh
1: banshee-like vocals that I freaking love. That's what Andy doesn't like.
2: I thought the vocals were very good. I, I did not get caught up on that. It's kind of like an interesting mix between like the 80s and 90s metal sounds I would say. He has a mm-hmm. he has a low end but he also does get to the high end at times too but I don't know. lyrics like Russians they are only people like us. I just was like, well, I roll they, so hard for that. <laughs> well,
1: it's important to understand that, that they're not these faceless enemy. They're just people like us. Come on, Andy. Dig
2: in. Connect <laughs> I've tried, man. There's not much to grab onto.
1: I mean, if 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 I can change and you can change, <laughs> everybody can change. That's from Rocky Four when he's addressing the Russians. If I can change and you can change,
2: oh, everybody can change. I think it's a good record. I just I can't get past the lyrics, yeah. Wow.
1: Alright. All right, let's get into a little bit of imitation of life.
0: I haven't made my Floyd reference yet, so we gotta get to that. Yeah, we gotta get to that. <laughs> <laughs> See, those thought-provoking lyrics or you know, about uh, seemingly the, the music business and, you know, how phony people are looking to, to take advantage of young artists. Uh, reminds me of Pink Floyd's Have a Cigar. Of course it does. <laughs> so the, the three words I, I chose to describe the album are lighter shade of thrash. Um, and I, I think it, um dude already, you know, got, got to this point. Yeah, I, I think the, the difference between Anthrax and, and the other, what do we call it? It's not a trinity because there's four bands. Is there like a magic word for the four thrash groups they call them the big four the big four (laughs) so i mean anthrax just seems to you know have a sense of humor uh, it sounds fun. And I think, you know, maybe it's because it, it seems to be more informed by that, even though they're from New York, that it, it reminds me of that kind of like California black flag. Is that hardcore? I don't, you know, whatever that yeah. like, California punk sound is, you know, even though that, you know, some of the lyrics were, were serious, it's still, it feels maybe a bit more juvenile and, and fun. Yeah,
1: well, kind of. Beastie Boys-ish in a way yeah. as well which also came from punk and I think that
0: lyrically this is very punk of that era too yeah.
1: where it's simple stuff. Yeah
0: I, think, I mean one of the you know I think most fun aspects of, of joining the show is actually exploring all four of those groups you know so we've gone through yeah. we've done Slayer and Megadeth and just noticing the the subtle differences in, in each of them uh, and so I mean Anthrax is, is very much a, a unique entity even though that thrash sound is all you know sort of yeah. I, I guess you know, homogenous, but yeah, I am becoming a a thrash metal
1: fan. Yeah, that's for some reason the the part of metal I most connect to. Mm-hmm. I most enjoy the thrash type bands or that kind of were spawned from new wave of British heavy metal. That they kind of grew out of that um, power metal and all that. I just wanted to mention the artwork, uh, the album cover. So it's basically. It shows all the same faces, and then amongst them is this evil figure that it's, you know, it's among us.
2: Yeah. He looks like the preacher from uh, Poltergeist movies a little bit. Well,
1: that, yeah. So that's kind of drummer Charlie Benante had the idea for the album cover, and that was at the time like the most evil person he could think of. So it kind of looks like that. There's also others that think that it's depicting Randall Flagg from from uh, Stephen King's *The Stand*. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's just about how there's evil amongst us, and it's it's an iconic cover. It's creepy, but also something you kind of stare at a lot, which I love about a good record cover but uh you know uh, we were talking about shredders and i just think i wanted to mention one more time dan spitz he left the band in 95 yeah so he ended up like going to switzerland and studying under the masters and like is this super talented mechanical watchmaker repairer guy that's why his timing is so good That's not usually the the story of rock and roll excess that you hear from someone in a band like Anthrax. So it's pretty cool. He's huh. <laughs> at the back of the tour bus, like. <laughs> 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 yeah, before each gig he's like, synchronized watches, gentlemen. They've all been built precisely. So yeah, I mean, I—I I, this is one of my favorite Anthrax records. It's so much fun and, and I enjoy the lyrics. And Among the Living, of course, Caught in a Mosh. It's a great track just about not only getting caught in a mosh pit, but getting caught in life and how life can sometimes feel like a mosh. I am the law, which is uh, about Judge Dredd, the comic book. I didn't know that when I was a kid. I just thought they were saying they were the law, and of course, NFL, which is the it's yeah. it's backwards. Nice fucking life. It's about uh, addiction and self destruction. They tried to get into s- serious subjects, but they did it in a very anthraxy way so uh, i appreciated that and uh, i hope y'all will as well so go
0: check out anthrax among the living okay so the three of us took a trip through the the world of metal shredders
2: what did we Ouch. learn <laughs> sounds painful
0: i'm exfoliated Yeah,
2: I'm <laughs> <laughs> you're very smooth now yes. <laughs> the thing that, that stuck out to me most i uh, you know it sounded like when the topic was announced on last week's show, like something I would really, I have so many choices to go from because I, you know, love metal and love guitars. But I found out what, what I liked most about metal, or what most of the metal bands I listen to closely, are really more about the low end, more about the rhythm section, but the drums mm-hmm. in particular, and and the bass a little bit too. Uh, so I think it was a real challenge for me to find something that. Focus on like guitar soloing and shredding and riffage. It's not as prevalent in metal I listen to, at least. So it's a little bit of of work, but I did, you know, find it pretty interesting to really try to focus on that guitar part. And maybe sometime we can do uh, drums of metal or whatever that show title would be.
1: Or Double kicksters. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, for, I had a similar revelation. A little bit different though, where like i I thought metal guitar shredders were going to be easy. That they're you know that I'd pick up a Malmsteen record or whatever and just have a guy going for for forty minutes. <laughs> yeah. But what I realized was how it's so integral to the fabric of at least certain genres of heavy metal, but kind of all of it is those guitar solos. But how alone it's kind of boring so Mm -hmm. it must exist and it is an awesome part of it and those guys those shredders are necessary to make these bands great and these records great and this music sound great but i was just surprised at how hard it was to just focus on that when i like the whole picture
0: better I i was just thinking about how amazing you know these guys are I think sometimes, you know, maybe some metal playing, you know, could be dismissed just because it's so loud. Oh, it's, oh, it's so loud. You know, anything is, is going to sound good. I assume we've all, you know, played with an electric guitar before. I, I don't know. <laughs> if you turn the gain uh, all the way up, um, you know, on a pickup, I mean, you know, like every little thing you do with the pick, every yes, movement of you your hear. finger, it's all amplified, <laughs> yeah. you know. So yeah. you have to be really tight, you know, to, to not make it sound like a, a disaster. Uh, and I just think it's, it's so important. Impressive that, that these guys can, you know, make, you know, something out of that, make it sound so, so clean. And it looks, as they're doing it, it looks easy. You know, you see their fingers
1: going, and they're like looking around, and you're like, how the hell? <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that's one to grow on. I'm your density, i mean your destiny.
2: All right, boys and girls, our destiny next week is in our own hands. We are going to be yes listening to new releases from the year 2023. It's our last chance to take a look back on the year before we get to our year-end wrap-up in just a couple months, believe it or not.
0: Oy yi yi. Been a great year for Death Metal.
2: <laughs> it sure has. Can't wait to feature that next week. Now we'll do something a little different, I think.
1: I'm going to start a thing called Life Metal. There you go. It's going to be a mix of of uh, of thrash and mr rogers songs you are my friend you are special
2: you are my friend <laughs> you are special there you go beautiful <laughs> mr rogers and cookie monster there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> together at last
2: uh yeah so be sure to tune in next week for some new release selections from the three of us Just a reminder, go to our website, albumnerds.com, and our Discord, albumnerds.com, slash Discord, to enter your topic suggestions for the Wheel of Musical Destiny and vote on any ongoing Album Nerds
0: Hall of Fame nomination. Who's your favorite metal guitarist? What's your favorite album from 2023? What else are you listening to? Let us know. Join fellow Album Nerds on Discord at albumnerds.com, slash Discord. You can email us at podcast at albumnerds.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Album Nerds. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so via PayPal at slash support. Thank you so much for joining us on the Album Nerds podcast.
1: We'll catch you next time with uh, new releases. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week.
0: Don't ask me. I don't know. I don't know. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's, good. That's good.
2: That's an appropriate Aussie quote. Ha, ha, ha.